Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Get Geek Podcast. We're going to come to you this week with some news about the release of the Snyder Cut of Justice League. But first, um, a disclaimer. I want to let you all know that because of the current situation with COVID-19, we are recording remotely, me and the crew. So I want to thank you guys for understanding. There might be some sound artifacts, some feedback that you might not be used to in some of our other podcasts. So just please bear with us. We're trying to iron them out as best as we can, but it might just be an issue until we can get back into recording together. Um, I just want to remind you all as well to like, share, subscribe, check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Check us out on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever your favorite podcasts are sold. It would do us a great service if you would like rate share subscribe or social media it up on any of uh, our podcast platforms and thank you all uh the crew out there that's listening to our podcast let's get right into the introductions you guys know me i'm jose this is wolfie aj and this is walt let's get right into it uh walt i think you're our fount of of news and information regarding the Snyder Cut. Can you give us a little bit of background so we can jump in and give our feedback? Sure, let, let's let's go because there's a lot to dig in here. All right. Um, after years of uh, hashtags and, and <laughs> billboards and, you know, banners flying over with airplanes and stuff like that, the thing that seemed impossible is actually happening, believe it or not. Um, and one of probably one of the biggest geek announcements in quite a bit. Uh, we're getting the Snyder Cut after that huge campaign of hashtag release the Snyder Cut from everyone. Uh, yeah, every everybody was was and so you know Zack Snyder initially was supposed to do the Justice League, but there was tragedy in his family, so he yes. had to step away from that. Um, but it seems like he had 90% of the movie done, but the studio then um, got the services of Joss Whedon, who is you know, famously known for the Avengers films, among other things. And so he completed the film, but he did another version of the film. So, you know, um, since that movie came out and it wasn't truly well received, the clamor has been released to Snyder Cut. And yes. so on Wednesday... Um, Walt, mm-hmm. and, you, and you talking about that for a second i don't know if you guys would mind to to do a slight aside regarding that but i just i kind of want to talk for a moment if we can um interestingly to me about the implication of the fact that we're getting the snyder cut and what i mean by that is uh how this is going to change the industry if if we can only touch on that for a second and the other thing that's very interesting to me and this is only if you guys are interested in 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 touching on this as well this is actually a smaller point but i do find it kind of interesting you mentioned the original or not the original director but the replacement director joss whedon Uh, there's a weird implication for me that's always felt kind of odd about the release the snyder cut campaign and it's honestly how kind of the cast themselves uh for lack of a better word sugar honey iced teed all over the joss whedon cut in how adamant they were to get the Snyder cut released. What are your guys thoughts on that? If you could just give me that for a second, because I'm, I don't know. I've been thinking about that kind of even more than the news itself. Uh, I mean, 
personally, you know, the thing is that, like, I don't know how Joss Whedon feels about it, but at the same time, you know, Zack Snyder is the person that they've, like, bonded with throughout this whole process. And they and if the film was 90% complete, then they felt like they already made the film, you know? And, uh, you know, if they get the substitute teacher and it's all good and gravy with them, but it's not their film, right? It's, it's you know, Warner Brothers film, but it's not mm-hmm. theirs. Um, and I think that that's kind of the... I, that's how I feel about it. You know, they, they, they want to see the film that they intended to make from the beginning. And then I think that, like, you know it's it's worthwhile to note that you know they support mm-hmm. the work that they originally did that much that they really want to see it out there okay okay um the other thing that i was that i, I was kind of touching upon and you kind of touched upon it as well is like what's interesting to me is like i said the the fact that a fan backlash of sorts or a fan campaign we'll call it i don't want to call it a backlash because it wasn't necessarily a negativity campaign as so much as they wanted to see the original vision from from uh, Zack Snyder, excuse me. Um, but it's interesting to me in the same way. And again, just want to make a quick point of this, and then we can definitely move on to the meat and potatoes of it. But like, it's interesting to me that this kind of mirrors, in a way, what happened with Sonic the Hedgehog, and how you had a, a big fan campaign that actually ended up changing the movie in in a in a huge way and in this sense we have a a cut of the movie being released i think it's interesting because you've never really seen something like this before i mean and maybe not to this to in this exact way where the fans have enough power to get uh warner brothers to release this whole other version of the movie i don't know how they're involved in the production regarding hbo because it's going to be released on hbo max if i'm not mistaken but like that's something that's that's really interesting to me because it could be a positive or a negative with how much power that fans have been given over like the last year or so with this kind of impact on Sonic the Hedgehog's production and on, on the fact that we got the Snyder cut released. I, I mean, I, 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 like, I, I think, I think that like, you know, ultimately what's gone on is that, you know, nerd core has taken over the entire world. And this is just another iteration of, uh, Revenge of the Nerds, you know, um, <laughs> you know, that's the way that I look at it. You know, you got to kind of please the nerds nowadays, which is why we got the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, fix, which is why we unfortunately also got, which we are now beating with a dead horse, the fan service in Rise of Skywalker and why we're now getting redemption with the, the Snyder Cut. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't actually heard or read anything of the Snyder cut, the points on it, the differences and stuff like that, other than knowing that it's totally awesome. Um, so I'm like super excited to hear what's going on and what all the, uh, kind of perceived changes are and what makes it so much more awesome than Joss Whedon's, unfortunately. Okay. So in a nutshell, it kind of goes both ways. Like there's, there's some good things that have come out of this new fan power that the internet has given everybody and some, some not so great things i.e. Star Wars. Um, (laughs) Anyways, all right. So thank you guys for indulging me on that sort of quick aside. Um, And I will turn it back over to you all to give us some more details on how how the meat and potatoes and the details go when it comes to the the Snyder Cut. All righty then. So um, (laughs) the the Snyder Cut was kind of announced on Wednesday. Snyder was doing a, a live stream of the DC movie, A Man of Steel. 
And um, he was doing this on the, the announcement was done on Vero, and that's the social platform, social media platform that he uses. He doesn't use Facebook, he doesn't use Instagram, he doesn't use Twitter. Um, it's just this Vero app, which not a lot of people know about, but it's kind of out there. Um, during this live stream, we had Henry Cavill join, and he he joined with his full Mission Impossible mustache. And um, Deborah Snyder, Zack Snyder's wife, also joined, and she's a, not only his wife, but also the production uh, partner with him in terms of pretty much all the movies that he does. And so, you know, you, as soon as Cavill came on, you know, you had some of the fans and, and all of a sudden, you know, release the Snyder Cut started started trending on their chat. And so... You know, after after a little back and forth, Cavill goes to Snyder and he says, you know, I think you should release it. Snyder then goes, he says, well, I can't release it, but I can show you this. And then he showed the poster of the Zack Snyder cut that we've seen probably a gazillion times on all of the social media platforms. At that point, I think Instagram and Facebook and definitely Twitter, they just blew up. Right. So. Here's some of the details when it comes to the, the Snyder Cut, right? Um, there's still some work that needs to be done. You know, there's still some stuff that has to be d done in post-production. But again, 90% of the film is done. So um, he's bringing back a lot of the production staff, you know, the guys that work on the VFX, the guys that work on music, you know, uh, directors, all, all that stuff. Um and the studio is putting about $30 million into the film to see the final version realized. Now, so this is Warner Brothers that's pouring money into it, and correct. HBO is getting the, the fruit of their labor, they're distributing. Right. Okay. Well, Warner Brothers and, and HBO are, are owned by the same company. So, oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's, it's Warner, Mother, Warner Brothers is doing it almost as a way to kind of promote HBO Max, which comes out on May 27th, I believe. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, again, this thing is 90% done. It's a, almost a four-hour cut. It's exactly 214 minutes long. So there's, there's some rumors out there that they're going to release it as a film itself, or there is also a rumor that it could be chopped up into like a miniseries where they do six TV episode type, uh, you know, episodes, I guess. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the interesting thing is that the Snyders said that they were going to score. And this is a direct quote. They were going to score, cut, add new and finish old visual effects and maybe bring back many of the actors to record additional dialogue. Now, a lot of people were really, really excited about that, but uh, that was shut down very quickly. And um, I'm going to give you a direct quote from the guy that broke that news. That's uh, Umberto Gonzalez from The Rap. Okay. And this is what he said. He said, there's not going to be any reshoots of any kind with any actors. It's just additional dialogue. Here's something that hasn't been reported yet. Snyder did want to shoot, and he wanted to do additional photography, but HBO Max said, no, that's not happening. We'll give you money for post-production, for special, special effects, for scoring, and even ADR, but no reshoots of any kind on this movie. He continues to say, 
that this movie is basically a one and done. This is to close the loop to finish the story. Maybe not the whole story because Snyder did have like a three to five picture plan, but right. the Snyderverse will end with the Snyder cut. Don't expect any spinoffs with uh, Batman or with Ben Affleck as Batman uh, or any of that. So, you know, there's a lot of information that was that was parsed out. There's still a lot of information that is conflicting. But the long and the short of it is that the impossible is happening and we are getting the Snyder Cut in 2021. So it's going to take a little bit of time before we see it. Mm-hmm. But we do have some very we do have some rumors on the differences, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, just on the news of what we've heard, what do you guys think about this? So, uh, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say it's definitely confirmed that HBO is not going to do any reshoots of any kind, right? Because we are these all con- completely confirmed details. I think you said that some of this is uh, still up in the air and conflicting. Right. So yeah, no, the, still... the HBO Max stuff is pretty much confirmed. They're not going to be bringing back the actors. Okay. So, you know, and, and I think that's, you know, just given the nature of where we are right now, it's kind of an impossibility so far. Right. You know, that um, does sound it, about right anyway, because you figure that there's going to be some contractual things in dealing with the actors regarding, right, that, especially exactly. if you have the situation with Henry Cavill where he didn't even want to appear in uh, Shazam. Yeah. Over, Whatever the reason was, but some of it was was supposedly and seemingly money. So yeah, I these actors that. these actors have schedules. They have they have you know contractors that, that they've signed for other projects. You know, and just because we have we've been paused for like two or three months now doesn't mean that once we unpause, things are open wide open again. They're they're contractually honor obligated to honor those contracts. You know, so uh, scheduling definitely is going to be an issue and. I don't think HBO wants to drop too much money on this anyway. It's it's good that they're giving them $30 million, but to bring these actors back is probably going to cost a lot more. So you, you figure also that they don't really need to drop a lot of money on it because anybody who's been clamoring to see this is going to find a way to watch it. And it's just like with uh, Game of Thrones where HBO sort of had the attitude, I don't know if you guys remember, where they didn't really care that people were pirating it as long as it was in the conversation i think they'll have the same uh, approach to the snyder cut yep and the, it's, nope. the interesting thing about the snyder cut and i don't know if i mentioned this before but snyder did say that from the original movie that only has a fourth of what he filmed so we're looking at a substantially different movie when it does come out now, what exactly are the things that make it different? Um, you know, for those well, of us, i.e. me, who doesn't I, really know. I wanted to make a point, actually, in relation to at least one difference that I believe I'm aware of. And it's in regards to this this decision not to do reshoots. Um, and, I, and I feel like there might be an easy way around this. But um, I can't remember the actor's name. If anybody can look this up for me, he was also in The Matrix. But the, the character who played the general, the military general in Man of Steel. Yes, uh, uh, I think his name is Lennox. He um, was supposed to be Martian Manhunter in, yep, in the Snyder cut. Of, that's going to be one of the differences. Henry Henry Lennox is Harry Harry Lennox. I'm sorry. So they'll probably do they'll probably do the the voiceover and do CGI to create the Martian Manhunter character 
his brief it was supposed to be a brief appearance if i'm not mistaken correct he's because he doesn't play a huge role in the conflict the final conflict right and and the issue okay. with that is that um my understanding is that those scenes where he was Ma- Ma- martian manhunter those were those were one of the things that was not shot prior uh okay so, so we have some issues there then but it could be yeah. done conceivably a lot of it could be done in cgi Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Walt, give us a couple of more details on some of the differences because you probably have a list waiting on that <laughs> besides just that small one. Go ahead. I do. Um, first of all, the the sequence that was in Batman versus Superman, that nightmare sequence, that figures heavily in the movie, which it it was, com- uh-huh. if, I, if I remember correctly, it was completely cut from the Justice League movie, right? Yeah. No, the the entire sequence was not cut. There was only a brief part of it. The 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 Batman and Superman conflicts. Um oh no, I'm sorry, that was in Batman versus Superman. Right, the, exactly. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah, and Justice the League, sequence. they didn't Yes. They didn't right. even acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to figure into the final conflict, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, it was it was shedding light on on you know the future of what was gonna happen. Um, from what I've I've gathered here, there was a sequence where they were going to show a destroyed Hall of Justice, so we would have seen the Hall of Justice in Justice League, and oh, there would have been an Omega symbol in Gotham Harbor. So you know there was there was a, you know a lot of stuff that was tied in that, like I said, was dis completely disregarded in Joss Whedon's version. A lot of it, I don't, I don't recall if it was supposed to be in this movie, but it it was supposed to lead up to a very much Kingdom Come slash Injustice sort of uh, hybrid storyline where Superman was going to be a villain in Zack Snyder's Ultimate Vision, correct? I believe that that's something that I had seen uh, regarding where he was going with the storyline. I I think what what we saw in Justice League was is kind of what we would have seen in you know the Snyder cut as well. Um, he would have he would have been resurrected and he would have had that brief moment where um, you know he had that. We would have seen the black suit definitely. That that is that is something that um, Snyder has put up repeatedly on Vero pictures of of Cavill in the black suit. Um, it would have been a little bit different the fight after the resurrection, but again, Lois would be the one that would come in to kind of save the day and and bring uh, Superman back to his senses. Um, that's I mean, oh, man, I, I can't wait because that's kind of that's that's fan service to see Superman in the black suit. This is just super dope. That's like one of those times where I was like, I'm excited for DC. You know, I, I'm gonna. Have you seen him in the black suit? I have, I have actually. Yeah, he looks amazing, uh, right? Yeah, hell yeah. I just don't understand. You know, I really do want to know why they even decided to, you know, go in this new direction. I mean, obviously, like they brought in Joss Whedon to do his own thing and stuff like that, but to go so drastically far left from what they already had, if the film was already pretty much done, um, it was so second guessing, like, I think. I, I don't think that it's second guessing. I think it's that Warner saw that, like, hey, you know what? We're not going to come out of this how we wanted it to. So let's try to wrap it up real nice in this one film and forget about this. 
I, but but I the, think... the reason I think that it was a little bit of a of them out sort of outthinking themselves was because if you recall around that time a lot of the conversation centered around the fact that Marvel and the MCU was doing so much better because of the lighter tone. Yeah. And the yeah. DCEU was doing so much worse because of the dark and gritty tone, which I don't think is the entire reason. But I don't think it's the reason either. Um, no, but that that's that's where they kind of faltered in believing that and thinking that that was the entire reason. The reason was that tonally it wasn't consistent maybe with the DCEU characters in their own comics. Having that as the overarching tone might have been the issue. But like that's why I felt like they, they ended up going this other way where they decided to make it so much more comedic. You had Batman cracking jokes and doing all these stupid things that Batman would never do. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that because and, – and if you remember around the time – you know, there was there was actually some backlash against Snyder and and his like you said his tone of these movies. You know, this was almost a con- and I, I hate to to phrase it this way, but the fact that he had that tragedy in his in his family, it was almost a convenient way for a Warner Brothers to say, you know what, we're we're probably going to start s- severing ties here. Um, and again, this was supposed to be probably like a five film, you know, epic and stuff. And so this was a good way for to have Whedon come in, like you said, give it some of that Marvel flavor to it. And then at the same time, kind of yeah. start shutting this this franchise down in lieu yeah. of something else. You know, I think by, yeah, by the time Batman versus Superman came out, they already knew that Justice League wasn't going to be a big thing, especially with the production issues. Um, getting back to the newer cut for a second, I, I'm, I'm going to throw out some things that I've heard and I guess, Walt, you can confirm if this is how they're making changes or not, because uh, it's all rumor mill to me from what I've heard in the past, but I heard that one of the big things, and, and this is something that would definitely excite AJ if that's the case, we get to see dark side in this, don't we? Even if he doesn't play a huge role in the end. Oh no, he does. He does he get does. he does factor into this. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how he factors into the because I think in the beginning he gets introduced and then he factors into the end. But the introduction is something that stood out to me. They show a lot more of him in the conflict, uh, that conflict where they show Steppenwolf in yep. the beginning of Justice League actually shows dark side in the Snyder cut, doesn't it? Yep. And, the, and they show him as a as a younger version of himself. OK. Um, and, and still guess- as a, the dark ruler. At that right. point, his 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 version, I guess, maybe AJ can speak to us. Black side, yeah. AJ, that's, that's who he was before he became Dark Side. Yeah, so uh, okay. that that whole sequence of of when they were fighting with Ares and the invasion of the Earth showed him in that that former self of him. Um, and there is a, an actor that played him. His name is Ray Ray Porter. And once the news came out. Um, he tweeted immediately. He was like, "Yeah, I'm in it." You know, he voiced the the role of Darkseid. So Darkseid, eventually, the and I don't want to give the, away the film because it's it's kind of foul. We haven't even seen it yet. And again, a lot of this stuff seems to be substantiated, but you still got to take it with a grain of salt because nobody has actually seen it. You know, could all be nonsense. Could, but well, the final third act um, has to deal with Darkseid arriving. So, you know, um, that was supposed to be the climax of the film. Yes. So so he does play a much larger and substantial role 
Well, he didn't play a role at all in Justice League. They just mentioned them a couple of times, you know? It, it was supposed to be a two-film arc with him moving into a future conflict with them in the second film. Right. Wasn't that something about what it was supposed to be? Okay. Yep. Does anybody does anybody here think that, like, after the Snyder Cut is released, that there's going to be another movement where it's like, you know, finish, Justice League finish the cut, you know, finish the <laughs> cut, finish the Snyder Cut or whatever? Because I feel like... I feel like they could, if it's really, really well received. I feel like they totally could, you know, just like, hey, let's let's finish this. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, because I mean, like, if they if, if the fans want it, I mean, look, the client's always right. Am I right? You know, and if we want it bad enough, like they'll give it to us in one way or another. And the other thing too that has happened is that, like, I feel like, you know, Snyder was poorly, you know, criticized um, for the whole like dark tone. Because after he was removed from everything, everyone's just looking at all of Snyder's stuff and it's like, oh my God, look how awesome his work is and how different it is from everything else. And we want this back. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a lot of his films are at first kind of seen as like, oh, it's too dark. I don't like it. But then you, you let it kind of marinate a little and people are like, wait, this is this is cool and it's different. And it's it's not like anything else. And we want more of this, you know? I can I think- can I say something about that, Gabe? Because you hit a point that's right on. Because you know the the battle at the end of Joss Whedon's um, version, yeah. yeah, right. That that occurred in Russia, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. That sh- that was originally shot also, but the difference was that that whole scene was supposed to have been taken place at night. Yeah. They completely CGI'd the heck out of it with that overly crazy red. Yeah, red that's why I, I don't know. Nonsense. Yeah, it doesn't, I don't like it. But. Yeah, so that that goes to your point where it's like you know everything is dark and stuff like that. We we would have gotten that scene and it would have been dark, just like Snyder likes to do, you know, his films. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. I don't think there was anything wrong with the overall. I mean, maybe well, maybe the overall dark tone in the sense that here's here's. What I think was kind of wrong with it, I think when it came to Batman as a character in Batman vs Superman, not in Justice League, because obviously that wasn't just we or that wasn't Zack Snyder's vision. Tonally, I think it was okay, even if some people had an issue with him being more violent. I think that was fine for that particular incarnation of Batman. I think the issue that everyone always had, and even though I liked Man of Steel, I think the issue was that there was never the optimistic Superman. That we that we get in the comic books, we never got the the good old American Boy Scout that that has that sunny optimism. We just got a brooding Henry Cavill, and for a certain amount of the storyline, I think that was okay. But that's just not who who Superman has ever been tonally. I think that was the big error. You could do that with Batman; they were never going to do that with the Flash. The Flash is always going to be the jokester. You know, Cyborg was always going to be the serious one. Wonder Woman was perfectly handled tonally in all of the movies she was in. It was really Superman that that even though Henry Cavill did a great job, it's where he kind of faltered tonally. And I, I want to see, from what I've heard of the Snyder Cut, I think he actually does get to complete that arc in a, yeah. in a at least more substantial way where we get to see the sunny optimism Superman that we're supposed to. And I, I know, think and, that's... And it doesn't have to be completely cheesy, but it, it, you know, it can still have a little bit of grittiness to it. But... That's where I think tonally he kind of slightly faltered, and I you know, want to see where he does what he does with this. And I think part of the part of the thing though is that I think 
that was the whole plan from the start. And again, I can't speak to that because, you know, we don't know what Snyder had planned, you know, until we see this movie. But I think, you know, Snyder, what what he likes to do is he likes to deconstruct his heroes. And I think I think what part of the the arc that Cavill's character, Superman, was going to go was that originally, you know, he comes in, he's the stranger, he's the alien and stuff like that. And they were going to bring him down and then, you know, transform him into the Superman that we know and love. And I think part of, you know, the the failing of it is that we just never saw Snyder's vision realized to see that. But I think, and again, this is just me, but I think that was one of the the finishing arcs for that character. Eventually, that was going to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And I think that that's kind of like one of those issues where um, I don't know if it's we as fans, uh, DC and Warner as, as, as you know, corporate, you know, companies and stuff like that with their own self-interest in, in mind. Uh, but this, this I think, is just not having faith in the process of storytelling because it's very clear that the arc with, with Clark Kent, Superman, with Henry Cavill's uh, iteration is, is very much that. It's the alien stranger who um, at first doesn't feel comfortable trying to step forward and then when he does step forward isn't necessarily accepted by everyone, a.k.a. Batman. And then when he's resurrected... After he has committed the sacrifice, he 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 has now he will now mature into that you know I don't want to say goody two shoes but you know that light of hope that ray of hope that that Boy Scout um, that we all expect but because we didn't see it from the very get the fans you know have this this outcry of like hey that's not my Superman this and the other and then Warner Brothers translating that to you know sales and 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 you know their their bottom dollar their bottom mm-hmm. line rather. You know, see that as like, well, that's not what the fans wanted, so we're just going to cut this short. We're not going to give you a chance at redemption or to finish the story arc, and and that's a shame, you know, right. because clearly that decision ends up being the 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 worst of of the two. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you got to just let the process play out, and and you know what? This actually it sucks that I keep bringing up Star Wars, but. This is something that I think as fans, we need to start kind of realizing that we're at fault here. I mean, maybe not me myself, because I'm all for, you know, uh, I, I was always for Zack Snyder stuff and, you know, Ryan Johnson stuff and everything. But this, I think, is a bigger conversation of like, are we influencing the the, the outcomes of these, right. you know, things more than we should, right? Because the reason that this ended up being the way that it was is because of us the fans the reason that we got the 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 rise of skywalker is because we clamored for it we wanted it this is what we wanted and we forced the The companies to be like hey you know what Mm -hmm. we have to give this to them otherwise they're not gonna you know go see the movie right that 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 touches upon the point that i was making that i was making earlier it's like how how much power should we have in these situations because in a way we kind of ruined the snack cider Zack Snyder vision. And then yeah. of course the tragedy was kind of the, the final, I can't use the term like, you know, nail, but like you understand what I mean there, that kind of like just ruined the Zack Snyder trilogy, the Zack Snyder, the, the continuity, and then we resurrected it. So yeah, where that, that seems like a very, very odd way to influence this overall because we hated it. And now we love it again because we saw that, the thing that we had rejected ended up 
with the, the Joss Whedon version that was even worse than than any other thing that that Zack Snyder had tried to do before that. I mean, which which kind of sucks because it's not anything against Joss Whedon, right? Because if Joss Whedon had it from the start, then maybe there would have been a completely different story, different tone, and everything. We right from from Man of Steel, I feel like, yeah, right? like definitely like, from you know, the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you you can be the greatest sculptor in the world, but if you're tasked with the job of like you know finishing someone else's work or this sculpture cracked and fell and broke apart and you got to put it back together because you're the best in the world it's still not going to be the best work that you've ever done because it's not your work and you know, and i you think know like we need to make sure that we're not bashing joss whedon and his work because it's not at the end of the day it's not entirely his work from beginning to end he was brought in to try to salvage you know in a sense well, we have two instances of that in the Star Wars universe because we had Rogue One, which which famously had some not only reshoots but some scripting as well, problems as well. And we also have Han Solo, and those are two very different and distinctive uh, versions that we got. One of them is one of the most beloved films in the Star Wars universe, being Rogue One, and the other one was a complete failure in Han Solo. You know? I mean, I, I totally get that, and, I, and again, failure. I want to. I don't want to. You know, because to right, me, exactly. Han Solo is only a financial failure from, from yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually rank Han Solo, you know, higher than a lot of Star Wars films personally. But my thing is that, like, it's yes, I totally get that. It's just I want to make sure that we're not like you know throwing Joss Whedon under the bus on something that you know is not necessarily his fault, right? It's not his fault that we got a bad Justice League movie. Warner Brothers should have just nah. Warner Brothers should have just like released. They were like, "Hey, keep the Zack Snyder stuff going. Just finish it." If it's not, well, I was going to say, wouldn't it have been interesting if you if you think back, if they wanted to create a shared universe from the beginning? We ended up getting a contribution from Joss Whedon, a fine contribution from Patty Jenkins and Wonder Woman, who was who was central to some of the earlier movies you got aquaman you got you later the flash hasn't even arrived in the universe yet um and you have the contribution of course of Zack snyder wouldn't it have been interesting in a way if the shared universe was created maybe by the three of them you have joss whedon handling a superman and a flash and you have Zack snyder handling batman and some more of their kind of like like intricacies and like the 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 tone would match a little bit better in a way if they kind of worked on this together, kind of what could have been. But um, they seem to be on opposite spectrums, though. I understand that, but like you know, it it can always kind of work if maybe maybe you still give Zack Snyder kind of the overall creative vision. He's kind of the Feige of the thing, but he had mm-hmm. you have your your people working under him. Although I don't know if Joss Whedon would do that. But it still probably would have worked out a little bit better. You know, again, not to like crap on Joss Whedon because he could have handled the way that he handled the Avengers and the, the MCU with a little bit more sunny optimism. He could have handled a Superman a little bit better from the start and maybe given fans more of what they wanted in terms of the big blue Boy Scout. And especially Clark Kent, too, which I think is where the big failing is, not to kind of beat that to death, but... Superman can be a little bit dour and be a little bit upset. He has to save the world all the time. Clark Kent is supposed to be his sunny kind of doofy alter ego who is always kind of acting like nothing is wrong. And we yeah. never got that. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, like, you know, it's it's also like, are we going to tell the, the, the Peter Parker syndrome? Are we going to keep telling the same story? 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like of him being doofy and all that, because we've kind of matured, right? Like as, as an audience, yes. the original fans of the Superman, you know, films, uh, the Christopher Reeve Superman, the, you know, Superman comics from the, 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 the young, the earlier years and stuff like that. Like, I think that we've matured from that because um, I don't think, I, I mean, I don't read Superman much. I, I, there's some interactions that I see in the, in, in Batman and whatnot, but I don't see him as the, that doofy Clark Kent anymore. So I don't know if that's very reflective of what would work in today's day and age. Um, so I, goofy, I, I wouldn't want to say it. I wouldn't. But a little I mean, more positive as a character and a little less, like, always upset about everything the way that he is. Positive, positive sure. But we never actually yeah. got – I guess we also never got Clark Kent in the real world. We got Clark Kent yeah. in the vestibule of his home with Lois Lane where he can be himself. He's not He's not Clark Kent when he's with, when he's with Lois. He's Kal-El. You know, so we yeah, didn't really get that true. too much. And that's the only reason true. we didn't get that is because they didn't flesh out his growth yet. Again, all the way up until the Zack Snyder, you know, all the way up until Justice League, we only saw this is still the beginning of Kal-El's journey. So he's still Kal-El everywhere. You know, hey, um, Gabe, have you been able to see the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman? Um. I don't remember if I have actually. I feel like I did because, yeah. you know, at first I was like, it's that's one of those movies that like I didn't like. I really wanted to love. Like, there's a lot about that that film that I love, and then there's a mm-hmm. lot that like when mm-hmm. I watch it, I remember. Oh, this is why I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> um, because I, I think the ultimate edition is a a more superior version than the theatrical one that we got. Yeah. And j- just to your point, they did have a lot more things for Clark Kent to do in that film. Okay. You know, I'm going to have to they, check it out then. Yeah. So they, they, they did more investigating in that, right? A lot right. More yeah. He was doing a lot more investigating and stuff, you know, and, and it's It'd not still, it's yeah. not still the, the, the sunny optimistic Clark Kent, but they did give him a little bit more to do in that, in that film as Clark Kent. Right. Yeah. We, we only got really Batman and Superman. We never really got Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent. And again, I know it wasn't a final vision, but like Gabe's totally right. Or Wolfie, you're you're totally right, man. Like it's it's true that that's kind of actually maybe more what it is. It's that we just didn't get those characters enough. We never got their alter egos who for Batman and Superman, you know, Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent are actually their alter egos and Batman and Superman are who they really are. And that's something that makes the most interesting. And we never got that. I mean, to be fair, I did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Sorry. Go ahead, Gabe. No, I just, I mean, to me, like, we did kind of get a little bit of that, that, that just in the, uh, the Lex Luthor's party scene where we did have Clark Kent in there who, who kind of played that a little bit, right? He played that, like, hey, Bruce Wayne and stuff, like, you know, a little bit of, like, the, uh, naive, like, I don't know what's going on, especially with his look that he looked like, kind of like, you know, I don't want to say a poor journalist, but, you know, he definitely not dressed for the occasion, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. then his interaction with uh, Bruce Wayne, we got to see Bruce Wayne, the kind of vain and all about money and this, that, and the other. And we saw Clark Kent being the 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 Boy Scout, you know, like everything that he said in that smaller interaction came from a honorable Boy Scout kind of mm-hmm. uh, tone and stuff. And we just didn't get to see enough of that. Yeah, true, true. There's always great interactions in the comics and in the animated movies between Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent, especially when they when they know each other. But even before they know who each other is, 
they always have great interactions, which makes the characters really good as well. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get away from that point, I, I wanna I wanna get you know, circle that back to the film because mm-hmm. the the Zack Snyder cut, supposedly we get a lot more interaction, especially with the new characters. Um yeah. you know, we Cyborg see a lot more of flash upgrade, right? Especially I think. I'm, I'm sorry, say again. Cyborg gets a huge upgrade in this film, doesn't he? Because he gets nothing almost in the in the Joss right. Whedon version. There's there's actually a his scene backstory. with him and his father. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, his father also introduces another uh, superhero to the um, DC extended universe, which would be the Atom. Um, there's scenes of him and Ryan Choi in Star Star Labs. Um, we get Iris West. From from the Flash universe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's more interaction between Mera and Volko with Aquaman. Um, we get a lot more of uh, Lex Luthor, and you know, we we've already mentioned Martian Manhunter. There was some thought that there may be a Green Lantern in it, but that was never verified. Yeah. The one the one character that's interesting that was never in um, Zack Snyder's cut is the end credit scene for Josh Whedon's cut, and that is Deathstroke. Deathstroke was not a character that Zack Snyder intended to introduce. That is all Whedon right there. Interesting. He's actually a good character to have been introduced, and one of the things that I actually enjoyed about the movie, surprisingly enough. AJ, what I, I feel like I haven't heard too much from AJ. Uh, like, what, what are your thoughts on everything here? You know, I mean, let me ask you this, like, you know, I know we already spoke a little bit about Darkseid, but what would you have liked to have seen from Darkseid in in this film and potentially in a future film if after the Snyder Cut comes out that uh, maybe we can maybe convince HBO Max, a.k.a. or slash Warner Brothers to actually make? And and (laughs) before he answers that, a little bit of a of backstory for Andre he loves the character of Darkseid. That oh, yeah, is like yeah. one of his favorite so DC characters. Dump away. Andre, AJ, take it away, please. Well, um, <clears throat> Darkseid is, um, he is, aside from maybe one other character, a very close equivalent to Thanos. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things that I would have liked to see here is, and you know, I'm, I'm sorry I have to bring this up, but DC kind of tripped up in the animated atmosphere. Very angry. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with Darkseid too. Okay. So what they didn't do over there, which they clearly were trying to do, but mm-hmm. ended up not doing, I'm going to suggest right here. So what I would have liked to see from this dark side was the setup of the dark side war storyline. And it would have started the same way the new 52 started up and the same way the animated space started up right after flashpoint. They dark side would have his his first invasion of earth. I'm looking for something but except we don't know what that something is. He makes brief mention to it in the comics, but, eh, you know, it's it's ambiguous for now. 
you can't a couple couple movies later, you know, we mm-hmm. flesh out uh, a lot of the characters like Flash, Batman, just like you do in the MCU. And then when it comes to maybe the third Justice League installment, uh, that's where you would have had things really hit the fan. And so what the whole premise of the Dark Side War is, is that Dark Side find or no, it's not Dark Side. Um, okay, before I even do that, there's another character I have to rope in here. Um, there's this guy who is definitely the uh, the 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 Thanos equivalent of uh, for for DC, and that that guy's called the Anti Monitor. And what mm-hmm. he does is he's a Galactus, but for entire multiverses. Okay. So right. once the new 52 kicks in, this guy is still around. And, you know, the characters still have a history with him, even though time has been reset because of Flashpoint. But the premise of Darkseid War is that Darkseid has a daughter named Grail. Mm-hmm. And what Grail does is she's traveling the multiverse and trying to seek the Anti-Monitor out. And her whole angle is that she wants Darkseid and Anti-Monitor to have a World War Three? <laughs> okay, okay. And then basically a bunch of crap happens. Uh, superheroes get new powers because something happens with the new gods. Uh, I, it's been a while since I've read the story. But basically, it's, uh, it's your equivalent of the Infinity Saga. Right. And it could have been really well done. But we never got it. Yes. But here's my issue overall. Uh, And I've been hearing you guys talk. And the reason why I've been silent is because it's not really been a good silence. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. I'm scared. Listen, his words carry weight because I think out of all of us, he knows more about the DC universe than we do. So, AJ, let it rip. The news that, I mean, 30 million sounds awesome, but the news that they weren't, because you said Zack Snyder wanted to bring more people onto this, right? But they said, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, he wanted he wanted to bring the actors back because you know there I and and this happens all the time. It's it's just part of the film process, the reshoots, right? There are certain things that when you film it, you have a certain vision, but then you realize afterwards when you're in the editing room, maybe I could have shot it from this way, or maybe the you know if we added dialogue here, or maybe if we just scrapped this this scene and added another scene. He wanted to do that, and HBO told him no. Yes. So, in light of that, uh, part of my French, but it kind of feels like we're getting a half-assed product. Because if you're not going to give the guy the room to complete his vision, I mean, if this is going to end the Snyderverse, I'd rather it be the completion fully and to its its fullest extent. This seems like... (laughs) It seems like a money grab to me. Like, you know, it doesn't feel. I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about. Like, I mean, the Snyder Cut, cool. I'm all right with that. But just, I don't know. 
know. It doesn't, it doesn't it was, feel I mean, <laughs> you know, all right. I got to interject a little bit here. Um, I don't know if it's a half-ass. I think, it, I think it'll ultimately still be incomplete. But if 90% of the film is done, okay, uh, I think that, like, a little bit of, you know, you know, editing room magic will give us the 95%. And again, maybe we will not have that extra 5% that will truly, truly complete it. I think that ultimately, even if we got 100%, we still wouldn't truly complete it because it's not meant to be a complete film. It's supposed to be the second, um, the second act to, to, to an entire story. So I think that, like, at the end of the day, we're still only going to get a a mostly complete but unfinished product. Um, a lot of that, setup that's going to go to waste. A lot of setup is going to go to waste, yeah. But that's my thing. If it's already done, leave it. So you're, I'm sorry. You're, I'm, I'm going to come out and say that, you know? Cause... Do, you think, do you think it would make a difference to you if perhaps – okay, so let's, let's change the situation a little bit because I think – let's say that Zack Snyder, the unfortunate situation occurred where his daughter passed away and he had to be removed from the Justice League production. For personal reasons, he decided to do it as well. And Warner Brothers let's, – let's say that they weren't so – so enthusiastic to usher him out of the of the Snyderverse, we'll call it, and they allowed him to return after the fact and continue his story. With this disjointed Justice League that doesn't really fit into the Zack Snyder vision for the DCEU, would you be more on board with him doing it then? Is it because he won't be able to complete it, and that's the biggest thing? Yeah, um, I know it's a hypothetical, but <laughs> I just I kind of wonder if that would make any difference to you because I want to try to to in a way take away the narrative that surrounded how this movie got made and what you just think about it on the merits of the changes that will be made beyond the fact I guess that it's not going to be completed. But hypothetically, like I said, I just want it to be completed by Zack Snyder so that you can see that the if there's a difference in your mind as to whether or not this is just a cash grab for instance for me, that's how you put it for me mm-hmm. unless you're going to take it to its completion yeah just don't do it i don't i don't care if the changes are awesome at this point just wait you would really it. you would really are you are you are you part of hashtag do not release the Snyder Cut? <laughs> don't release the Snyder Cut. Well, at this point, I'm sorry, yes. What in the fuck? Oh don't my... believe the hype. Well, Are you know what? There's, oh there's, my gosh. Some, there's some, you know, merit to what he says because, you know, we're, we're revisiting a movie after the fact, right? And like Jose said, this was, uh, this was supposed to be the first of a couple of films that that delved into this right there's going to be there's going to be continuity issues because remember after justice league we got um aquaman and we got wonder woman and so these 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 things were shot prior to that and we don't know how much how much there was that level of interaction between those directors 
Patty Jenkins and um, I forgot the the other guy, the horror guy, James Wan. James Wan, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Mm-hmm. We don't know the interaction, so there's going to be stuff that we are going to do in Justice League that may kind of, you know, conflict with Aquaman and Wonder Woman, right? And, you know, remember, there's that whole thing where in the original Justice League, Aquaman, the way they spoke was they were in a water bubble, but then clearly in James Wan version, they they spoke underwater just like normal. They didn't have to have oxygen to speak. So, you know, there's that that I guess argument to be made that why are you going to revisit something that's already with that ship has already sailed in terms of the DCE universe. And the other thing is that if this thing turns out to be awesome, the next thing is going to be Let's continue this iteration of Justice League, but we've already moved on from that. But have we though? I was gonna, I was gonna make the point. If you look Batman at Batman's not coming back. No, I understand that, but it, Affleck's not coming back. Point. I mean, you can still recast that role. You can certainly recast other parts of it and move forward with the original vision. I mean, I'm not saying they should, but I'm making the argument that there's certainly a possibility because what's actually really planned for the DCEU after this? There's nothing really besides Wonder Woman 1984, and you could argue that that doesn't necessarily need to perfectly fit into the continuity of these Justice League movies because they it occurred before. I mean, couldn't you Flashpoint everything anyway? Yeah, that's also true. You could, you could, they could create the Flashpoint movie as the next thing after, let's oh, say, oh, you, have, you you can't do it too soon because then you know. Flashpoint to me is something that you're if we're, if we're looking at Marvel that they took 23 films to do it. Yes. At, but with Flashpoint to me you got to do that in the latter half of that of that thing because or even towards the end you've had to have built a universe that everybody is comfortable with to do a Flashpoint because at that point it's just like who cares? We never got we never got a chance to really know these characters and we're doing a flashpoint already? You Not know even what I'm that. You'd need to tell their stories all over again because flashpoint, it's not just resetting the universe. You're also resetting the characters. And, and so just, that also comes with completely different backstories sometimes. Yeah. And right, just, right. just, to, uh, just to bounce off of the flashpoint thing, that was a power that was supposed to be shown in Snyder's um, cut because there is a point in time where the Flash actually times travels back to kind of fix something that happens. I'm not going to give it away because I feel like I'm giving away a lot of the movie already. You know what I'm saying? Um, Allegedly anyway, right? These are these yeah, are yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, I, to me, a Flashpoint thing is something that you do at the very end of an, an entire arc. It shouldn't really be a thing that, well, we screwed up these five past films. Let's just use a Flashpoint because to me, that's just lazy. You know what I'm saying? You want to have the Flashpoint to be a very significant event in the DCEU. If you do it too early, you lose that significance. But then what happens? Was not the rumor, though, that the Flash movie was going to be written by Ezra Miller and he was going to do flashpoint or crisis on infinite earth or something something huge yeah, no i i agree and i i don't like the idea at all to yeah. be honest you know and and to be quite honest that flash 
movie is somewhat in jeopardy just because of the um, that video yeah, that came out with yeah. Ezra Miller. Oh, right, oh, right, right. Yeah. So that may not happen I anyway. No I have no idea. Ezra Miller, like, Ezra Miller, like, beat up some woman, didn't he? For, like, for, what? like, yeah, he, like, told, he, like, what? chucked her over or something like that, right? Walt, you yeah, remember the details, right? Her down, he threw her down on the floor and... Yeah, he, like, hip-tossed her or something, like, judo threw yeah. her or something like that. He did. He pulled off some WWE stop moves, I think, or something like that. I don't know. It it, it wasn't a really really good look, and I don't think they've explained wow. the reason why he did it anyway. Still, right? I don't think so. No, I think it's still something that's under investigation. Or he was he was choking her. That's what it was. He oh, chokes yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back yeah. to that role at that point, you know? Yeah, I mean. Who knows what the heck is going to happen to him? I don't think he's been arrested, but I don't think he was that great as the Flash anyway. So I'm okay with moving on. And and Ben Affleck was good as Batman, but if this does end up being something that's a heck of a lot better, and the DCEU is kind of floating through this, let's say this this different approach where they're not really connecting these other movies to the main storyline, it's kind of easy to slide Zack Snyder back in there if they really wanted to, depending on the level of success of this film. I, I look at it that way. You don't have to flashpoint it or do any of that. I think it's it's okay if if you slip if you continue with the the vision that he had with different actors. That's just my. I mean, thoughts. look, look. I, I think that like at the end of the day, uh, there's something we were kind of talking about right before this uh, related to uh, to something entirely different but at the end of the day like remember what i what, what we were talking about when it comes to perfection right like you know if if you wait for it to be perfect to release it you're never gonna release it and yeah. and since we have so much of it already done and we want it so badly and and the thing is that like i don't think that there would be this much support from the cast in releasing a product that will overshadow their own performances in a movie that was released if they didn't believe in it this much, you know? Um, Especially Jason Momoa. He's been, like, a super proponent of this film. Well, here's the thing. Jason Momoa Momoa is super vocal about everything, really. He's, like, probably extremely vocal about whatever he does. But Ray Fisher is not. (laughs) Ray Fisher is not, but let me let me let me let me point to the fact that I believe the very first mm-hmm. person to to ask to release a Snyder Cut was Ben Affleck. He was. This is where the uproar came, where he just did yeah. one tweet out with nothing else except for the hashtag "release the Snyder Cut." You know. Yeah, because Henry Cavill was the one who was kind of silent until the end. Henry Cavill, it's because Henry Cavill's the company man. He's the, the goody yeah. two shoes. Like, I'm not going to stir the pot. He's the actual and Superman. Affleck, and, yeah, he's and Ben Affleck, Superman, yeah. Yeah, and Affleck not caring is like, release the Snyder Cut, you know? Um, and, oh, God, you know, like, that to me tells me that, like, he does still want to be a part of this universe, even if he's not going to act in it anymore, you know? So, ben Affleck? You mean, you mean, yeah. Or, yeah. I think I think he he enjoyed Zack Snyder's vision, and I think that maybe part of the reason that he didn't decide to create the Batman movie himself is because he was no longer going to have the feedback of a Zack Snyder. If you you figure that if if the DCEU continued under Zack Snyder, 
and everything had yeah. gone the way that it was supposed to, that that Batman movie would have been a co-creation between him and Ben Affleck to a certain extent. So maybe he just didn't, he just couldn't do it by himself. I don't know. I mean, if, if all of this worked out the way that it should have and WB wasn't so darn honestly like greedy and they would have given Zack Snyder some time to like get over, not get over, but like deal with his personal issues and then let him get back to work. You figure, yeah, because the you other, know, yeah, the other they, thing too is that Zack Snyder clearly loves the work that he did and loves it because he wouldn't be this involved. He wouldn't be like with this whole the Zack Snyder cut thing himself. He'd be shooting it down if he really didn't like, you know, have some sort of real attachment to it. You know, and if 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 you know Warner Brothers just said, "Hey, man, take the time that you need. We'll finish this when we can," and stuff like that, and 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 who knows? To be honest with you, if they had given him that time, he probably would have. It would have probably, you know, helped grieve as well. You know, sometimes when you have like a project or some sort of deadline, it can help you kind of get to where you need to be from yeah. a personal standpoint um, and and whatnot. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't want to trivialize the tragedy, but yeah. like it, it might have even been a better product in the end yeah. with something because yeah. that's how a lot of great art is created. Sadly, like through pain and tragedy maybe there would have been something that he would have had to say that would have really made the movie a lot better that would have been relevant to his story as well and help people going through the type of thing yes. that he was going through yeah. who knows see, there, never got to see a, a, i'm sorry go ahead go ahead okay there, yeah. there's a thing that that kind of bothers me and you know we we kind of spoke about this really really early in the the thing but i i think it's something that i i think i want to address now because you know, Ben Affleck may have started the the release, the hashtag release the Snyder Cut, mm-hmm. but if if you go on Snyder's Vero account, he has been very active in in releasing concept art and production stills. You know, within the last year, he's been super active, just dropping. And I think you know his um. What's the word? You know, the fact that he's been so active in putting this stuff out kind of stirred the pot with this, with the fans. And there's something about that that I'm super excited to see this. You know, I I did enjoy Snyder's films and I, I wanted to see the end of his vision. But there's something about this that doesn't really sit right with me because, you know what? This kind of goes to the bigger. There's there's two issues here at point. You're kind of undermining the fact that Josh Sweden released his that version of of Justice League with every single post that you put out showing. Here's a shot of of Cavill in the black suit. Here's a shot of here's some concept art of Darkseid. Here's what I would have done with this. You're kind of undermining all the work that Whedon did, good, bad, or indifferent, right? With every post that you put out there, you're making it more confrontational between what was put out and what you think your vision should have been. And I understand that as an artist, you know, he has that vision and that's very important to him. But this also leads to the other point that I'm going to make is that at some point, and this, you see this happening in Star Wars where everybody believes they're entitled to see what they need to see right and if you don't like it you bash it you you destroy it you you go after the actors that worked on the project you know it's that toxicity of fandom that's really 
making fandom worse for a lot of people, you know? And stuff like this doesn't kind of help it. If anything, it emboldens some of the more negative people in fandom to even shout louder because now, hey, guess what? With all the pressure that we put on the studio as fans to get this thing done, I mean, there's talk now that they're going to re-release Suicide Squad. Yeah, I was about to actually make that point, too, because yeah. there's a... And it's crazy. It the air cut. Release the air cut is the new hashtag now that HBO Max has taken this one on. There's there's something to be said for, you know what, this is what the director and, and the crew and the actors, this was their vision. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, you have the right to not like it either. But then... You know, now we're in this dangerous point where if you don't like it, start a, a start a petition. You know, there's there's word now that, you know, there's a lot of TikTok videos and Instagram videos of fans burning their Blu-rays of Justice League. Wow, that's you crazy. It, it, it gets to a point where it's like, you know what? The consumer does have power, right? I get that, you know, but the power should be if you like something, go see it. If you don't, don't go see it. It shouldn't be, you know what, we're now going to remake it because a small sector of fans, negative or whatever, decide that this is what they want to see. Well, I'll make um, a quick, more maybe more hopeful counterpoint. And I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that this is what's going to occur. But if you look at it from a different perspective, the good thing about this is that instead of the what we would mostly call negative influence of studio heads telling directors what they should do, which is in a sense what happened on Justice League. Because again, instead of giving some time for Zack Snyder to finish his vision, they listened to the the admittedly negative fandom, right? That didn't like his previous visions for the universe. So they were obviously, you know, that, that illustrates the other side of it. But you still get to see, maybe... Uh, if we get to the air cut as well, you get to see more original visions of what those directors wanted to do with their films before the studio intervened, before the studio replaced them, before they did whatever it is that eventually we would probably all agree ended up making those movies worse. I feel like we would have gotten a better product and we'll probably see a better product in the full Zack Snyder vision of Justice League and Suicide Squad was a god awful mess that I think all of us pretty much hated. Okay. And, and I, by the way, I saw Harley Quinn recently birds of prey, and it was a heck of a lot better than that. So kudos to the, the creators of that film in comparison to suicide squad. Um, the, the other interesting thing about it is to me, you look at some of how this has occurred in the past where you got the director's vision after some fan backlash. My favorite example of this has always been, uh, the original Blade Runner film, because I've seen all the cuts of this movie. And if you see the original full Ridley Scott cut of the movie, it is, in my opinion, far superior. So are we reaching a point now where with these fan campaigns, we're giving more power back to these creators to create their original visions? Is oh, that no, something I, that we can get as well? Or, I'm fine, or, I, I, I'm fine with that. But do we really need five different versions of Blade Runner? No, we don't. And, we don't and but that, maybe we'll get all five of those in the beginning. Maybe, maybe this will teach studios to just give their creation over a little bit more to whoever it is that they decided to trust the, with it. 
this kind of stuff yeah. happens all the time. I mean, you know, we've been doing a rewatch of Fringe, and one of the best examples, and this happens all the time with with TV shows. Mm-hmm. You know, the the TV the the showrunners they create their their shows, and oh, you know, they God, put yes. it they put it in certain in a certain way because for them in their vision it works. But there are times where the network will take an actual episode and say, you know what, we don't want it in this place. We're going to move it here. And a perfect example of them messing around with it where it creates continuity issues. There's a character in Fringe. um, His name is Charlie Francis. He's one of the FBI agents. And spoiler alert, but hey, this this show's been on for a long time. And if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. You should have seen it already. But he dies in the show, I think, in the first season, right? Or the second season. Second season, okay? There is literally, after he dies, there's a show that was misplaced that should have aired on in season one. The network decided to take that, that thing because they felt it didn't flow with the season one. They put it in season two. The problem is Charlie Francis, who is dead already, shows up in that episode and is a big part of that, that episode. Right. This stuff mm-hmm. happens all the time. You know, there there are create. That's the whole push and pull between creator and distributor, creator and the studio. You know, and yeah, the creator has to have some. But ultimately, you know what what's going to happen is that the studio is always going to be the one that makes the final decision. Now, again, Blade Runner is a fantastic movie, but I don't need five versions of that. You know, I I would rather say, you know what, give me the version that the creator has, and like right. you said. WB is fam- Warner Brothers is famous for interfering. We but, wouldn't maybe have all these other versions if it were right. For the, but at some point, you have to say enough is enough. You know, we can't continue to refashion. Look at what Lucas is doing. Lucas continues to refashion his old movies, adding new. Well, before when he had the chance, adding new scenes, adding new changes, adding new things to the point where the 1977 original version of New Hope is a different product than the ones that we got on Blu-ray, the ones that we got on DVD, the ones that we got on VHS. There's like five different versions of the new hope with new scenes added in and in and out in there. There's gotta be a point where so much so that Disney's Disney is pining or 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 thinking about releasing the originals on Blu-ray, aren't they? I thought I heard a rumor about that. The original interference. You gotta stop tinkering with the movie and say this is what came out because then you know you're going to get the five different versions of a film you know and and it becomes it becomes a bit of a mess you know i mean all right so my my point is i I think that i'm probably sitting on the other side of you guys a little bit here because for me um if a film has been in the court of public opinion X amount of times, such as going back to what we're discussing, which is the uh, Zack Snyder cut, such as Joss Whedon's uh, Justice League. Um, I, I think that it's a little bit of, of an exception to the uh, to the rule, simply because this is not this wasn't the original film and intention that was supposed <laughs> to be set out for us, you know. Um, and I think that. I think that Zack Snyder did his due diligence of like, hey, like this is his film. I'm not going to chime in. I'm not going to do anything regarding, you know, 
comparing the two, what my cut would have been versus Josh Whedon's, you know, if I'm Zack Snyder, right? Um, I think that he let it be judged in the court of a public of public opinion long enough. And then on top of that, he's not the one that clamored for it. We clamored for the uh, Zack Snyder cut because that is what, what was supposed to happen in the first place anyway. And I don't think that, like, it's not like, I, like the Trevor script is never going to happen, you know, no matter how many hashtags you create behind it. That's so it's never sad. Gonna happen. It, it's That's never so going to happen because there was no product created for it aside from the screenplay. We have a film already that was done pretty much. Uh, that continues a vision that he started and for which that he gave Joss Whedon and DC and Warner Brothers a chance to to put out their product and it wasn't the one that we wanted or the one that we deserved really so why not give him a chance to to put it out there I I don't I think that like yes I think that it's a problem that we have uh, that we that I think as a fan base as you know as as a culture that we need to address that, hey, we shouldn't be deciding, you know, what happens to the creator's work and so on and so forth. But I think this instance, it might be an exception to the rule. You know what? Here's what I think. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there's already, uh, there's, you already have the theatrical cut and the director's cut thing, right? That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that... So, should that become a standard now? Here's yeah, and the only. So then, why go to the theater to watch it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't. Here's here's my thing. <laughs> I'm not saying you get five tries. I'm saying if you have very clear interference with like a movie, then maybe the creators should be given the chance and the ability to make their own, I guess, cut independent of what the studio thinks. That's difficult to do though. I, I, I don't know. See, I, I think that, that. it's because you know, of I, this case is a little bit different because there's two visions here, you know, you know, so, the, thing is the thing is that i think it's tough to say that hey like we should have like director's cut as a uh, as a standard i can see like director's cuts being a standard if there's some small changes that the director wants to implement after the mm-hmm. fact after seeing it's like you know i create an essay i handed it out and then six months later after rereading it my thoughts have changed on something i, I i'd like to add a, an extra paragraph here but uh, what happened with Blade Runner and what's going on with Justice League, I don't think should become the norm because once the product is already out, it's it's out there. And and if we expect there to be a a director's cut that kind of revamps the story itself uh, as a normal thing, then you're telling people that like, hey, you know, there's a such thing as perfect that you should always seek it out. So then we'll end up having an industry where like nobody, either they put out really crappy products, assuming that there will be a direct discount in the future, or they don't put out a product at all because they can't get to that perfection. It's like the video game industry. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And and it happens a lot in the video game industry. And, yeah. and, and listen, there, there's, there's also the case to be made. Do you remember the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck? 
Oh yeah, yeah, that one. See, that, oh man, right not too. But you know, you know, there's a second version of this, right? Yeah, I saw the second version. I thought it was way better. That's what I'm saying. So, that's so now that's what I'm saying. There are some movies one. that I have another one, Lord of the Rings. You have your extended editions. That I mean, where does so it end? Better. Yeah, where does it end? Because you have those extended editions of Lord of the Rings that are over four freaking hours, and it's actually yeah, better that's... if you're a fan of the books and if you're a fan of the movies. Like, those are awesome versions. You get so many more cool details. Where do we stop? <laughs> this is a whole other conversation. I think that's my point. I think that's my point. It's like, what? At what point do we say? Because look, we as bad. fans, we as fans, sometimes we we dream up of these things. It may not be the right thing to do, to be honest. And that was Peter you know Jackson I mean? wanting to do it in the Lord of the Rings case. So, like, where where does the line get drawn? Who makes the decision? Is the creator right. themselves? Is it the fan? Is it the studio? There's, and then you have all of the legalities surrounding that and all of the copyright law and all of the – it's a headache. And yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, at the end of the day, like, this is not – this is a little bit too muddy for us to, like, really kind of discuss, right? Because yeah, at the end of the day, I totally like, different conversation. Like, like I said, this is still a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not creating pure art because otherwise that's what we have the indie industry for. We have – different aspects of film industry this is a business and they're in it to create compelling stories that would drive audiences to buy the product and 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 in this case consumer is always right that's why like you just named off a bunch of things where like as fans we wanted and needed it well then that means that that that's what should have happened right like the lord of the rings daredevil you know and and blade runner like it should have happened because that's what we wanted you know, at the end of the day, same thing with the Zack Snyder cut. But Batman versus Superman. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I think like, bad. I just feel a little bad for Joss Whedon because this is this is really yeah. a different <laughs> situation do. than all those others because all those others were made by a, a single director and he look, just said, "You know what? I have a better version that you never saw." I this one, look, yeah. Uh huh. I, I, I got to bring up Ray Fisher again. I'm sorry to cut you off because I looked up really quickly a little bit of news and again i don't know who the first person to push for the snyder cut was it probably was uh jason momoa like wolfie said i remember ray fisher oh, being one of the first it was, it was, right uh or ben affleck excuse me yeah um i remember ray fisher being one of the first and i feel like there was almost something personal and and this again this brings back to the point i made earlier because i think ray fisher actually was pushing for the snyder cut almost more than anybody else Maybe because he had a little bit of bone to pick with Joss Whedon for basically taking everything out of the movie involving him. Because his background, everything was removed, and and he was turned into a crappy character because he wasn't even there for most of the damn movie. He was just there to kind of be like a deus ex machina. He's like, all right, I'm a machine that can fix this now. And there was nothing given to him. And again, the Snyder Cut has a, a, a great deal more scenes featuring him even before he was cyborg they feature him playing high school football more so don't they in in and mm-hmm. like, like you said interactions with his father before he became cyborg and i kind so of I feel, feel like, like you're, i'm sorry yeah go ahead I, mm-hmm. I kind of feel you're totally right because if i remember correctly i i'm actually on vero believe it or not you know mm-hmm. um and i'm on vero just because of zach snyder and <laughs> If if I remember correctly, a lot of the early stuff was Ray Fisher. A lot of the early stuff that he was posting 
was, hey, here's Ray Fisher. You know, here's him broken. Here's him with the mother box. You know, Um, it was only it was only more recently where he started integrating more of the characters. And hopefully my memory is correct. But I kind of the way you say it, I kind of remember a lot of that early stuff was directed at Cyborg. And maybe Zack Snyder is like, hey, man, I'm really I'm really upset also that Joss Whedon like took you out of the movie entirely. So, you know what? I'm going to seed this entire campaign by releasing more stuff about you and you then we'll get the rest of it. <laughs> there's also there's also another piece of this that like, yeah, I think is huge, too. Like in, in Joss Whedon's, you know, version, we already have uh, Barry Allen's love interest, Iris West, that was played by Kirsty Clemens. Mm-hmm. And she had all her scenes already filmed and everything all good. He cut her out completely. Yeah. So she did all the work, I guess got paid for it, but she did not get to see herself on screen at all. And, you know, I, I think maybe, maybe, maybe now that I'm kind of rethinking this, maybe Joss Whedon kind of brought her on himself by like taking someone's work and then saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to destroy it. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe tough. maybe it's, it's not that sadistic, have, but like <laughs> maybe it's not that sadistic. No, it isn't. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like you know, like, like like you know what I'm saying? Like like hey, like you tell me, hey, you know, I'm building a, you know, you're building a coffee table, and I just got like I just it's already pretty much done. I just need you to sand it down and paint it and all that stuff. And I come in, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take this apart and build a bookshelf instead. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> that's not what I wanted, you know. It's like hey. these legs. I don't need these legs. I'm gonna throw these legs to the side. I'm gonna just turn this into a bookshelf. And, and you know? just just think about that actress that played that plays Iris West, Kiersey Clemens. Imagine yeah. the type of exposure that she would have had by being in this movie. This could have oh, this could have jump started her career. You know what I mean? You know, what? let me look her up and see. I mean, yeah, I mean, she hasn't really had anything huge since. Uh, she she's only had like a couple small roles. Uh, she had she's in the uh, remake of Lady the Tramp and and a couple TV shows. That's it. And yeah, this, this would have been, been yeah, this would have been the biggest thing that she's ever done. Absolutely. Besides, yeah, uh, Dope was pretty well received, but that was more of an indie film. So yeah. yeah, there is one more piece of trivia. Actually, I know who coined the term Snyder Cut, and you may not believe who it was, but it was Jeremy Irons. Who had a bone to pick and said that the uh, Snyder Cut script was small, simpler, smaller, and more linear than its predecessor? Oh man, so many layers to this that would. So was he the hey. first one? Huh? I believe Jeremy Irons. Was he the first one that like that called for this? Then probably you got to believe Jeremy guess- Irons. He's freaking scar man. Coined Snyder Cut, and then Ben Affleck uh, called for it. Ben Affleck created the hashtag. Oh man, this is crazy. Uh, because also Ben Affleck was also brought in um, after, like, even with uh, uh, Snyder being removed, Ben Affleck was also brought in to to be a co-writer, I believe, uh, to make sure that there's a continuity between Joss Whedon's uh, um, version and Zack Snyder's version. So he was brought in. Uh, uh, he was already a producer, and then he was also brought in to like be a part screenwriter as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, look at the end of the, is there anything else actually that we haven't spoken about with the, uh, Snyder cut coming out? 
Not really. I mean, those those are the major bullet points that I've been able to find on the internet. Um, and again, That's like I said, I guess. Yeah. this is this is this is. I'm going to preface everything. The differences are from reports of people who have seen it. So, you know, you take it with a grain of salt, but, you know, a lot of it does seem to be to kind of blend in with all the concept art and all the, the, the photo, the production stills that Zack Snyder has been put out, put, been putting out yeah. on Vero. Right. Um, but ultimately, we'll, we're, we're going to have to wait until it comes out on HBO Max before we can actually say this is exactly what happened, you know? Well, there's one more thing, and I don't want to say this necessarily ventures into spoiler territory because we may never see this, but I, I kind of want to touch on what Justice League 2 and 3 were supposed to be because there were, there were outlines for what was going to happen. Okay. Just a couple of details. And I'm getting this from the, yeah, dark side was definitely hugely involved. Uh, I looked around and I, I just, um, I'm grabbing this source from Wikipedia. Okay. These are just some of the small things that I had remembered were going to be, uh, we're going to be explored in justice league two and three. Okay. And here's the, here's the list. Uh, after teasing dark side in the cider cut, which is again, what we're rumored to be, what we will be rumored to see in the HBO max cut that we're getting next year. Mm-hmm. He would have been the main villain of Justice League 2, okay? So that's where this the direction where this was going. That's something that I think we all kind of knew from the original, even pre-production of Justice League before Zack Snyder was removed. We all kind of had a thought that Darkseid was going to be the second villain because it was supposed to be two movies, I think, initially. And then they expanded it out to three, according to this line, line okay? Uh, apparently Batman was going to die. Okay. Oh, I was just about to like tell you that. I was waiting for you oh. to finish and be like, hey, I got some more that stuff. Me a final crisis. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Uh, We're going to get to that. I'm cutting you off. The next point is that it's supposed to cross over to final crisis. Yeah, it's, that's one of the next points, basically, because because the storyline would have would have would have been inspired by that. The Green Lantern Corps was supposed to appear, uh, including Hal Jordan. Okay. I feel like me and you are reading off of the same uh, website. Yeah, no, I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. Yeah, I'm, just looking at, I'm just looking at Wikipedia because I, I yeah. remember some of these details, but I wanted to kind of like narrow them down and, and, and go over them briefly, uh, like I said, right? Because um, what else? Like I, like I mentioned earlier, the nightmare scene that was in Justice League, not Justice League, Batman versus Superman, that was completely scrapped in Joss Whedon's Justice League and will probably be reintroduced in Zack Snyder's Justice League was going to figure into two and three. In fact, that was going to be the main storyline. We were going to get to the nightmare scenario in Justice League three uh, right. because the second one. And this is what, again, Wikipedia is 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 citing this where Kevin Smith was was talking to some of the crew that were working on Snyder's films and they were saying it was going to end with defeat. Uh, Kevin Smith compared it to Empire Strikes Back or Infinity War. So we were going to have that kind of ending to two, and then three was going to be the nightmare future sequence from Batman versus Superman and the Justice League facing off and defeating Darkseid and the forces of Apocalypse by the third film. Okay? So that's what we were going to get. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead, I mean... It sounds awesome. It sounds okay? Yeah, it sounds okay. Oh, my God. It sounds okay. Three minutes ago, ooh, that's Final Crisis. 
But what did it? So the the role of Eli is being played by AJ today. I know. Just oh, wait, 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 wait. It doesn't. I don't think it sounds it's okay. It sounds. It sounds corny. It sounds corny. <laughs> well, okay. I'm, I'm really not skipping well. down to that level now. <laughs> just, just, just so that you guys know, um, and we probably should have said this earlier. Eli couldn't be with us today because he's under a mountain of homework right now. So um, he couldn't make the podcast. So, like I said, the role of Eli will be played by AJ. <laughs> I mean, this is cool and all, but you know, I mean, if we were going for, I mean, I'm not saying you should structure everything after the Avengers vibe, but if you were trying to build a story like that, or in at least some parts reminiscent of that. Mm-hmm. Dark Side War would have been the way to go. <laughs> uh, anything else that we want to add to this before we uh, wrap up, I think? I I have many thoughts that are other conversations, like I said. So I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna do that to us. <laughs> the, we could we could have this conversation for probably three or four podcasts. So yeah, that's and, true. Well, we definitely will as as we get closer to the actual release and start to see some of the the behind the scenes production stuff. I'm not, I know we'll be curious enough to get to this and I know that our listeners will be curious enough to hear what the heck we have to think about it. So yep. between now and May 2021, right? We'll have some time to re revisit all of this. All right. Well, yeah, all right. I can't wait for that. I'm definitely going to see it. I don't think it's going to be corny. Yeah. Let me get your predictions. What do you guys think is it? You think it's going to be well received. You think it's going to blow Justice League out of the water, which I mean, it seems like it absolutely will. See, here's the thing. Um, right? <laughs> do you think it's going to fall flat? Yeah, so here's the thing. It, it doesn't matter if it gets well received or not. That's kind of my whole point. Why are they even doing this? Because nothing be. is going to come of it. But it could. So, for me, Except, no, you don't even need it. Enjoy. Like, for example, when I go to watch Batman versus Superman, then I want to watch the follow up. Which one of the two am I going to pick? You see? Ah. Well, I, I, for one, think, because here's another thing, right? Um, Walt, they have not decided the format yet, right? They don't know if it's going to be a movie or a TV show. Correct. I think it'll make a difference, honestly. I think it will make a difference. I think that if you make it a TV show, it would be better, especially with how much he's planning to, it seems, expand it. I think it would... I think it would give room if he even wanted to expand it further. Not necessarily that much further, but if you wanted to expand it to, say, you know, like five one-hour episodes or something like that or five 50-minute episodes, I'm not going to complain because I think that there's a lot that they could fill in there that could make this a more coherent story, especially since 90% of it was already done. And again, 75% of what we saw was Joss Whedon's vision and not Zack Snyder's. I think there's a possibility that, yeah, if it's a TV show, it would be somewhat more successful. I think if they try to make it a movie and they try to shoehorn it into however many amount of hours, um, it's going to be sort of the same failure that it was before because that's the problem kind of – that's kind of the problem with, with Zack Snyder versus the studios. He wanted to make these epics, which we as fans did not mind. Right, we didn't care because Batman vs Superman was already super freaking long, and then we were so much happier with the much longer um, Zack Snyder—not not Zack Snyder cut, but director's cut—that was like twenty or twenty-five minutes longer. Right, so we'll take those. Yeah, don't don't limit 
the amount of time that he has to tell the story. Make it a TV show. I think that that then we'll get something really better than what we got. Maybe not great, but really good. Uh, I don't know. I think that like uh, I, I I think that they, the route that they should go is uh the Snyder Cut Part One and Part Two. Make it into two, mm-hmm. you know, hour and forty minute long films because they're both they're both going to be streamable. Mm-hmm. So why not give us the break? It's not like we're paying for two separate films. It's not like we're doing two separate outings. We can watch the first part, take a break, watch the second part. You know, so as long as they don't limit it, I guess. As long as they don't limit yeah. it in any way, time-wise, and just they let him finally freaking finish at least this part of his story. Yeah. yeah. All right, this is going to be my take. You know, I'm going to try and make this pretty, pretty quick. Um, if you go to change.org, you, you'll find petitions to have Zack Snyder booted off the Justice League project. I'm looking at one right now that has 18,000 supporters. And this was four years ago when, when you know, we had... Uh, Justice League getting ready to be released or it was in production. So, mm-hmm. you know, for all the all the all the noise that we had for release the Snyder Cut, you got to remember back in the days people weren't happy with his vision. And like I said, if you go on to change.org, you're going to find a lot of petitions asking to get him off the project. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that if you go back just as 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 far as about a month, there were reports that WB wasn't happy with how Snyder keeps promoting the release of Snyder Cut on his social media. Mm-hmm. Um, they felt like they were being bullied into you know spending more money to release the film. They were, and, you right. know, every, huh? They were. They're right. Yeah. They were, and and they didn't appreciate that. And I think there's there are some reports, and again, you know, these are unsubstantiated. They're just reports, but you know, they they were to the point that they weren't looking to work with him ever again. So, you know, you, you look at the way they're releasing this film in the context of that. It, you know, it it seems highly unlikely that, despite how well this movie, you know, if it does well if we're going to see a continuation of the quote-unquote Snyderverse. That being said, I am stoked to see this movie. I've always been a fan of the Snyderverse. Uh, And again, maybe I'm in the minority, but I think that Man of Steel was a really, really good movie. Batman versus Superman, not so much. I can't forgive it for its Martha moment. You know, no matter how much I try, that, that to me was just... You know, a screenwriter trying to tell tell everybody, hey, I'm smarter than you guys. I made the connection that both Batman and Superman have mothers that are called Martha. You know, I, to me, that just that just annoys me. So and, and I just didn't like the way that whole scene, you know, played out. But like I said, I enjoyed the Snyder films. I'm curious to see what he would have done with Superman in this movie. I'm curious to see how Darkseid would have come out. I'm curious to see Darkseid in a film, you know? So I'm I'm actually looking forward to this, but I don't think anything's going to come out. I'm, I'm kind of with AJ on this. I don't think anything's going to come out of it. It's going to be noise. People are going to watch it. They're either going to enjoy it or they're not, and that'll be the end of it. All right. All right, all right, all right, all right. So once again, for those of you that weren't listening this entire time, we are getting the Snyder Cut, finally, from HBO Max. 
May 2021. Uh, for better or for worse, we have some fans here. We have some I don't people think it's in the middle. May, though, Jose. It's not May? Well, it is yeah, 2021. Yeah, it is 2021. I don't think they've. I think, I think you're confusing May. May with Max. You're thinking yeah. Max. I heard May somewhere. It doesn't matter if I'm if I'm yeah, wrong. No. Then, uh, well, we'll we'll get it at some point in 2021, right? So, whenever it comes out in 2021, we, it has its its partisans, and it has some people who are not so excited about it. So. We'll see. It's uh, going to be a, either a four-hour film or a six-part television miniseries, possibly. There's lots of different rumors surrounding it. We will see what happens. Um, anyway, that's our podcast for today. We want to thank you guys for joining us to discuss the Zack Snyder's Justice League coming out in 2021. Uh, as always, guys, it would be a great help to our podcast if you would like, rate, share, subscribe, interact with us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Get Geek Podcast. You can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever your favorite podcasts are sold. Look us up, share us. Reach out to us on Instagram. Give us some feedback on what you think our future episodes can be, some feedback on our past episodes. Um, and don't forget to check out some of our prior episodes. Last week we talked about some rumors regarding Boba Fett in The Mandalorian Season 2. So please, guys, uh, don't forget to check that episode out as well. We had a lot of fun with that one, just like we do with all of our episodes. Um and again, we want to thank you guys for bearing with us with some of the sound quality issues we're having. We're always working on trying to improve upon that. Uh, and we thank you for bearing with us as long as you have. And we hope that everyone, of course, is safe out there while you're listening to the podcast. So as usual, to all the denizens of the Internet out there, as usual and as always, y'all stay geeky, my friends. <laughs>